Welcome revelers and weirdos to Scaring Sam, where I subject my wonderful, ever-hangry fiancé to scary movies, testing the limits of her nerves and likely our relationship, in hope that one day she will come to love and appreciate the horror genre as much as we do. I like to quit exposure therapy for cinephiles. I'm James Reese, And I'm Sam Difford, and Merry Christmas! Right now, while you listen to this, we're likely balls deep into our Christmas dinner. Probably should phrase that better. <laughs> we both have impost problems when it comes to snacks and treats that I've encouraged Sam we should cut them all out leading up to Christmas, just so we put it all back on again after the festive season. I guess the one thing we've um, let ourselves have is a bit of hot chocolate, though. Of course. It's winter. <laughs> Got to warm yourself up a bit. What are you going to do? Sit there and eat a salad? Fuck no. (laughs) So that's where we're at right now. Straight up murdering delicious rich food. We are living deliciously. And despite this god-awful year, we hope you guys are enjoying your Christmas. Unlike the poor soul in this week's movie, better watch out. Yep, it's our first Christmas horror movie together. I know, we're so weird. (laughs) And the plot, it's the holidays in suburbia. And babysitter Ashley, played by Olivia de Jong, is forced to protect 12-year-old Luke, played by Levi Miller, from dangerous intruders. But as the night unfolds, she discovers this isn't a run-of-the-mill home invasion. Yeah, I'd say that sums that up. We might as well state you weren't scared watching this movie. Nope. But it's certainly tense and suspenseful at times. Was it? Were you tense? Because I was not. Oh, really? Even with those paint pots flying all over the place? Okay, maybe one or two moments. But it just really didn't feel like a horror film to me, James. Well, you don't have to be scared watching a horror film. I mean, you watched Ready or Not, you weren't scared watching that. But it's still a fun horror film. But I didn't find it fun either. Oh. I did a lot of eye-rolling during this film. How they used upbeat tunes over lessening jolly scenes and the general tone of this movie. But I don't think I've had this much fun watching a horror since Ready or Not. I first of all thought that we were going to have a film with a couple of nerdy teens and then a possible final girl babysitter. And we we came into it maybe like the first 20 minutes. It was kind of like that. And then, oh, twist. And straight after the twist, my eyes started to roll and I was sighing. (laughs) Yeah, it's not as bad as Friday the 13th remake though, is it? We were both rolling our eyes watching that film. Yeah, but that was more... I don't know. Tits and ass. I just... It's just neither horrifying or funny. I just don't really know where it sits with me. It was twisted though, so it has that. I liked that we've now got like a Christmas themed horror film that's great but I just found it a little bit annoying and it's hard to put my finger on exactly why I found it annoying um well I can put a finger on why you found it annoying I was thinking maybe that we don't normally see like a child character play a role like this um but so what what do you think well before we get to that the film starts with Two teenage boys concluding that fear makes women wet, which is kind of the premise of this podcast. <laughs> it's not. It's not. 
And I don't think that's going to work when Ashley chooses a horror movie to watch later. But this night, Luke is adamant he's going to sleep with his babysitter, despite the five-year-old age gap. There can't be anything worse than babysitting a 12-year-old who has a crush on you, especially one this spoiled. After watching this movie, I can honestly say I don't think I've wanted to have children more. Who doesn't want this twisted shitbag as a son? No, I'm obviously being sarcastic. <laughs> I had the exact same emotional response after watching The Babadook. My testicles shrunk and crawled back into my body, <laughs> never to be used again, especially for reproduction. Great. Mm. Better not watch a um, horror film like this before we start trying then, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting to see like a shocked look on your face, but you didn't. So that's great. <laughs> now I'm becoming maturer and wiser. Accepting my fate. Accepting your fate. <laughs> I could probably phrase that better and make it sound more romantic. Yeah, I think you could. <laughs> okay, don't ask me on the spot though to do it now. Anywho. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Let's just deal with the twist right here, right now. <laughs> this isn't your run-of-the-mill slasher film. This isn't your typical... Babysitter defending against um, home invaders. The truth is, Luke, this 12-year-old, and his friend Garrett have been watching way too much Home Alone. <laughs> and they've come up with this ridiculous, convoluted plan to stage this home invasion to seduce Ashley by terrorising her. And all of that, I genuinely thought that it was a home invasion and... But then in the back of my head, I'm like, but why? Like, there's no, there's been no kind of indication of why this would happen. Well, they kind of make out at the start when she's driving to this house that there's this black car following her. Oh, yeah, when she nearly hits the cat. I thought at first that this was all a plan with Luke and Garrett trying to scare Ashley. Oh. But then when he was allegedly shot because... They got a brick through the window. Mm -hmm. That's saying, if you leave, you die. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to explain that part. I know all this other stuff has been elaborately set up, but who threw the brick through the window when they're all in the house? Didn't you see the um, thing that they'd made? They made like a catapult system. Oh, okay. When So when the um, Jeremy, when he came, he was, he came into the back garden, didn't he? And he like tripped over like something... Like tripwire, wasn't it? No, he tripped over like this thing, the, this wooden thing that was made, and it looked like a catapult to me. Oh, it had a, like a timer on it or something. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, it definitely looked like a, a catapult, so I reckon that's what... Well, it's just straight up Home Alone stuff, isn't it? Yeah. They've got like the paintball gun set up, which that must be what the tripwire's for. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yes, it was. when you walk over it, you get shot. Yeah. Let's not forget about the swinging paint bucket. Oh, yeah, yeah. As they like to quit home alone in, or whatever. <laughs> so the situation escalates after Luke reveals his true colours once Ashley deduces that this intruder was actually Garrett in disguise. Mm. So naturally, as you would, Luke smashes her across the back of the head with a gun until she falls downstairs unconscious and she wakes up. Oh, I thought he just slapped her. No, he, like, pistol whipped her. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so she wakes up, tied up, and then 
has the most rapiest version of Truth or Dare I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't think I was ever this horny when I was 12 years old. No, he's thir- they're 13, aren't they? No, he's, he's going to be 13 in a few weeks' time. Oh, okay. Which he thinks is going to God. aid in his seduction of his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, dear. And he does make the point when you're older, five-year gap isn't much of a difference, but at that age, of course yeah, it is. Yeah, at that age, of course it is. Oh, it's kind of disgusting, isn't it? Yeah, and they're 12 years old and they're meant to be, like, smoking weed and taking pills and maybe I was a late bloomer, but I think I was still playing video games when I was 12 years old. I think I, think I was as well, actually. <laughs> maybe they develop faster in America, who knows? I, th- I think it's different for everyone, isn't it? But no, not at that age, surely. Okay, so when, after Luke reveals his true colours, Ricky, Ashley's boyfriend, arrives with makeup flowers. Quite a nice bouquet. Unless he got them from a petrol garage. And Luke promptly shoves a pencil into his cheek and then bashes the back of his head in with a baseball bat. And after he's also tied him up, Luke reveals he's the one who texted Ricky to come over in the first place. Yeah. I mean, how deranged is this kid? I know. He's he's obviously, like, he's got a plan, hasn't he? And he hasn't let his friend know the plan. Well, I think he's intentionally not let his friend know. He's just a little patsy. And to come to think of it, he is probably going to use him as a scapegoat. He was the full guy. If these plans didn't go yeah, the way he wanted. That's true, actually. The backup. The thing is that he cares more about his mum freaking out if he leaves stains on the furniture or Garrett smoking weed in the house. But he doesn't bat an eye when he home alones Ricky. And Sam, would you be kind to explain what that means to our listeners? The swinging paint bucket, isn't it? Surely everyone's watched Home Alone. (laughs) It comes on every year. (laughs) Obviously, they assume people watch this film have seen Home Alone. Yeah. So everyone get the reference. Yeah. But in Home Alone, it doesn't hit them in the face and smash their brains everywhere. Um, just knocks them back, doesn't it? Yeah, in a light-hearted, comical way. Exactly. And this is not a comical way. <laughs> no, this is literally reality hitting you in the face. Yeah. Oh. Now, I, I, do you know what? I know you didn't see it, but that wasn't a very nice thing. That was That was probably the only section of the film where I was a bit tense, because he does it the first time and it doesn't hit the guy in the face, does it? And then you're like, oh my God, okay. And then he's going to do it again. She comes out and you're like, okay, she's saved him. Nope. <laughs> Straight in the face. Yeah, and you just see all the paint and the mix. And up, the mix yeah, and the blood mixing together around his feet. This is a 12-year-old we should be adding. This is not some adult serial killer. He's fucked up. Seriously fucked up. Some spoiled little brat. That's not even the issue, though. <laughs> but this kid is a prototype serial killer. They tend to start by killing innocent animals, just like how Luke killed Garrett's hamster a couple of years before. And of course he confesses to Ashley that he did it on purpose. Mm. And then the little shit throws a brick at Ashley's head when she attempts to escape. I'm glad she kicked him in the balls. I don't think I've loathed (laughs) a 12-year-old more. Yeah, I enjoyed that bit. Yeah, come closer. Bam! Right in the balls. To cover his tracks, Luke lures Ashley's douchebag ex, Jeremy, over to make it look like he broke in and killed her and Ricky. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy is a douchebag, I should emphasise. 
He wears his cap backwards. And he's manipulated by a 12-year-old to write a confession letter. Probably just because he wants to get in her pants. Yeah, but what it does is ultimately frame him before staging his suicide. Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, he he got the quick one, didn't he? Well, well, I mean, getting hung, but he wasn't in the situation for very long. But I think when a paint pot smashes you in the face, I think that's instant death. But yeah, but he had all the terror of before, though, didn't he, as well? Getting smashed in the head um, with the the bat. Getting stabbed in the cheek with a pencil. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was tortured beforehand. Yeah. And Jeremy wasn't aware that Luke was approaching from behind to wrap a rope around his neck, which no. he then, what was it, slung over a tree branch and then got the lawnmower, the electric-powered lawnmower, to, like, tighten the rope. He's still going to hang. Mm. He's still going to die with, like, air slowly leaving your body as your throat tightens. Well, it can't even leave your body, though, can it? I don't know. Nothing can get in and nothing can get out. Or does all the air just escape your lungs as your neck is tightened? I never thought about it. No, I have no idea. I don't think I really want to find out either. <laughs> but that, that must be a slow, agonising death. And then he just, like, casually, like, do-do-do-do-do, parks the lawnmower back into the garage and just leaves the confession note there by his feet. Oh, but he comes back with all the um, weapons, doesn't he, to get prints on them. First he returns back home, and Christ's sake, and he then shoots Garrett's black... Oh, my God. He blows his best friend's head off. Yes. After shooting him, in, like, in the shoulder or something. All because he had the audacity of touching Ashley as he was attempting to untie her so she could escape. Yeah, because no one else can touch her. Because he doesn't want to be a accessory in all this. Clearly. But oh my god, I hate this kid so much. He can't even take responsibility for killing his friend. He still blames him for pulling the trigger. Yeah, why did you make me do it? He just can't admit he's ever in the wrong. Everybody's actions are making him act. Yeah, he's just a victim in all of this. Yeah. He didn't want this to happen. He had a plan. And then people are just fucking it up and he's... Very, very annoyed. He's not getting what he wants. Because clearly, Mummy and Daddy always provide him with everything he wants. And then, after stabbing Ashley, he plants the finishing touches to the crime scene, all the while dancing to the Ramones. What a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums him up. A piece of shit. But is he a psychopath or a sociopath? Well, I thought he was a psychopath, but I always get the two mixed up. So they do share a number of characteristics. So like a lack of remorse or empathy for others, a lack of guilt or ability to take responsibility for their actions. He definitely has that one. <laughs> um, disregard for laws or social conventions and inclination to violence. And a core feature of both is the deceitful and mani manipulative nature. So sociopaths are normally less emotionally stable and highly impulsive, so their behaviour tends to be more erratic than psychopaths. So when we're thinking of him, he's clearly planned everything, but then sometimes he has to act on things not going well, so then it becomes erratic. <laughs> well, it's like when Garrett started smoking the weed to calm his nerves and 
he has to factor that into his plan because his mum is, of course, going to smell the weed when she comes back home. So they have to stage it so that Ricky is smoking the weed. Mm. And that seems to cause him to dovetail. And he starts acting erratically and impulsively and he starts home alone in him. Mm. I don't think that's part of the plan. He just delved into this crazy little venture where he wanted to try out, oh, would that actually happen in real life in Home Alone? Let's find out. <laughs> um, so that kind of sways it for him to be more of a sociopath. But he's still planning everything and trying to calculate the risks to avoid detection because he's blaming it on other people, isn't he? He's setting them up. And he acted very emotionally when Garrett touched Ashley. Yeah. So... It's kind of like a mixture of both. It seems to... Somehow? seems to... <laughs> they can't... The writers can't seem to decide what he is. It just is dependent on the plot of the story. Hmm. Because clearly he's been orchestrating this for a while. Ashley is tending to leave and go somewhere for college or something after the Christmas holidays. And he's led his friend Garrett to believe that oh, we're going to scare her because fear makes women wet. (laughs) Typical 12-year-old. But that wasn't his original plan. He was duping Garrett into this massive master plan into, like, I don't know, killing her boyfriend and staging the ex. Unless once Ashley worked out that Garrett was the intruder and it was a whole elaborate plan, Mm. he started working on his feet. Is that the term? Started thinking, started thinking it. Thinking uh, on his toes. Yeah, thinking on his toes, thank you. <laughs> Once he responded emotionally and pistol whipped Ashley, that's when he decided that he needed to lure Ricky over and then use him as a patsy to like set up this whole crime scene. Mm. And that is how a psychopath would work. She doesn't wake up to this massive scene of carnage where they're going, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? No, he's just being very cold and calculating in that moment. Yeah. But in the end, Ashley gets the last laugh. She survives by duct taping up her wound and giving Luke the finger as she's put in the back of the ambulance. Which is a very smart idea. Yes, I'm going to play dead when he's out quickly. Let's put some duct tape on my wound. (laughs) Well, she did demonstrate her resilience at the start when she was tied up because she tried to illicit um, conflict between Luke and Garrett when she revealed that Luke killed his hamster what when he was eight years old or something yeah because I think she was she was trying to deflect she was trying to get Garrett onto her side exactly but let me ask you something honeybee Mm -hmm. this movie depicts a young woman who is forced to defend herself against male antagonists as a woman yourself Do you generally feel physically under threat when you're alone, perhaps in situations where you're surrounded by unfamiliar men, where you can be overpowered? Oh, you kind of put me on a spot a little bit, James. So I don't really know how to answer that. I think I've listened to a number of interviews just by listening to podcasts where women have stated that, unlike men, they're always, on maybe even on an unconscious level, that they always feel slightly under threat. In society, when they're basically just travelling. Yeah, they're slightly on guard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I completely agree with that. Because men, just in general, can overpower women. 
Yeah, of course. And of course, obviously, because I'm a man, I've never thought about that myself. So I've never even considered that. But I just wanted your perspective on that. That's the same for anyone, though, isn't it? Like, if you're walking down the street on your own, in the dark, and a massive group of people are walking towards you, how would you feel? Oh, yeah, of course, you're going to be on high alert. Exactly. So that's, I think that's no different from a female or male side of things. You're still going to be a bit uncomfortable um, because it's the unknown, isn't it? And, yeah, okay, being in the room full of strangers, I don't think, for me personally, I don't think it would matter if it was a woman, <laughs> if it was a room full of women, a room full of... Men and women or a room full of men, I would still feel a bit uneasy and a bit vulnerable in a way because I wouldn't know anyone. Does that make sense? So I don't think it would I don't think it would change. Saying that, as a man, I don't walk around with a rape whistle on me. And some women do. I was always taught, um, so when I started working in London, a key is a very handy Oh yeah, you put them between weapon. your fingers. Exactly. So if I felt vulnerable at any moment, I would just get my keys out and hold my keys in my hand. Never actually had to use it, and I never felt like I was particularly in danger. But it you... gives you that bit of security. Yeah, it makes security. you feel a bit more secure, doesn't it? So you never found yourself in a situation where you're clutching the keys between your fingers in your pocket or in your purse as, I don't know, you're walking past a group of strange men or something? I think sometimes there's always a moment where you feel a bit anxious that something could happen. But nothing's nothing's ever happened to me, thankfully. Does this answer your question? <laughs> I don't think I was looking for an answer, just your perspective on it. Mm. As a woman, like a female perspective on it. But I think I think everyone's perspective is gonna be slightly different because we handle things in different ways. It's like so when I'm now working on a lake reserve and it's shut to the public at the moment, but we've been having people getting in somehow. And yes, they are all men. <laughs> and as a woman walking around this lake all on my own, um, it can be a little nerve wracking. And so my boss has been like, oh, well, make sure you take a phone and you call us straight away. And... Then other other people that I work with, they've been like, oh, well, you shouldn't really be walking around on your own. And I'm like, well, <laughs> surely there aren't that many horrible people out there that would be like, oh, woman on her own on a nature reserve. Yes. Well, you never know. It only takes no, I know one you never psychopath. Know, but... I mean, clearly these people out there exist. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a lot of serial killer podcasts out there. True. Very true. But in a recent interview for Shudder, Mary Heron, director of American Psycho, said, Fear, I think, is why a lot of women do like horror, because fear is something that is part of your life and it allows you a place to explore those threats. And I feel that's why you responded positively to watching both the Halloween films, because unlike the supernatural, it allowed you to explore a plausible situation that could happen to any woman. But allowed yeah. you to explore that situation from the safety of your home. Mm -hmm. And it encouraged you to like explore possible martial arts or self-defence classes. Yeah, it did, yeah. 
Yeah, it makes you want to be able to protect yourself. Whereas this film did not. <laughs> this film made me want to potentially slap a 12-year-old child. In the face. Yes. Or kick him in the balls, as the babysitter did. Yeah, you slap him in the face, I'll kick him in the balls. Done. Um, one thing I would like to note is that there was one jump scare right at the beginning. Yes, it was the spider running across the kitchen table. The babysitter freaked out and I freaked out. Although I think I would react slightly more than the babysitter, except I, I wouldn't want it to be killed. I just would want it to be taken away. Um, which is why I like how you are with spiders, James. I know I've said it before, but you don't kill them, you just get them out of the way. Hmm. And personally, if I had just seen an armed intruder in the house, I would just tolerate a spider crawling on my face. <laughs> Ashley almost broke her neck from overreacting. Yeah, that, that was the second spider scare though. That one didn't actually scare me, it was the first one. But then it was revealed at the end that... The spider was also part of Luke's massive master plan. Yeah, so I I actually predicted that. I thought, ah, yeah. So when when we then saw it across the um the kitchen and he just carefully picked it up, I was like, ah, oh, it's his spider, isn't it? He wanted her to be a damsel in distress, kind of thing. Do you do you know what I mean? Yeah, for the first jump, but you must have planted the spider in the attic as well. Well, of course. But how can you guarantee the spider is going to act the way you want it to? Because he went, he went further back into the loft, didn't he? And oh, then or planted it. Yeah, I think then he um or threw it at her face. Threw them okay. at her face. Oh yeah, because it turns out he's that much of a nut job. Yeah, something like that. God, yeah. this is a very upbeat episode for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, and on that note, I think we should wrap this up, James. <laughs> So what is your holly jolly verdict? Well, Sam not scared. Sam not jolly. <laughs> um, what about you? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it, but I feel like I need to watch it again to take it all in. Oh, you can do that on your own. I definitely wouldn't watch this one again. I would say there's got to be some other Christmas themed horror that is much better than this i'm putting you up for that task because i wasn't very pleased with it i'll go watch an actual christmas film okay you do that <laughs> i'll have an alternative christmas watching this i think i would recommend it to people just for the twist alone and how that all played out yeah don't get me wrong it has a good twist because i wasn't expecting it but I feel like the twist came a bit too soon and then they had to kind of drag it out a bit and after watching this, do you still want children? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will ever deter you. No. <laughs> Just hope, hope and, that hope they and don't pray. turn out to be <laughs> like that. <laughs> hope they don't turn into complete and utter psychopaths or sociopaths. I can't remember, but one of them, they're meant to be born that way to start with. Psychopaths are born. Ah. But... If you raise a psychopath properly because they turn bad and turn into serial killers because of something called the Dark Triad, and I have not got the research in front of me to tell you what that is, but it's a, kind of, it's a form of bad upbringing. Mm. If you raise a psychopath properly, they may not love you 
but they could be very successful doctors, surgeons, stockbrokers. So at least you could be proud of your child for being successful in life. That would be okay. They just won't shed a tear when you die. Oh. No, I'd like that to happen. What do you want? Success or love? Success or love in your child? Love. Love. <laughs> Always love. <laughs> would you not? Yeah, but if you've got a successful psychopathic child who's doing well, maybe as a surgeon, maybe as a stockbroker, at least they'll be getting you very expensive Christmas presents. No, I'd prefer the love. I'd, I don't care for presents, as long as I have love. Really? I want a Ferrari for Christmas. No. And on that bombshell, I'm James. And I'm Sam. And I'm sad because I'm not getting a Ferrari in the future. And I'm sad that I'm not getting a dark Toblerone. <laughs> you can just buy one at about three quid. Yeah, but the dark ones, you can't find in many places. You have to go and hunt one down. You're too invested in chocolate. I just love dark chocolate. Anyway, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ScaringSamPod. And you can contact us at ScaringSamPod at hot... Hotmail? No, not Hotmail. We're not Philistines. Yes, Gmail. And you can contact us at ScaringSamPod at gmail.com. Stay, Stay safe, safe out, out there, there tonight. tonight. And Merry Christmas! Christmas. I've eaten too much. You need a Rennie. (laughs) We're not promoting Rennies, though. Unless they want to pay us handsomely for to be sponsored. (laughs) Bye. Bye.